Big was like the coolest dude, very personality like no other. It always seemed like a party rather than work when I was working with him. Welcome to the Can I Kick It podcast with your host Showtime and the dope chick East Rock. Now go ahead, enjoy your music. I know what you're thinking. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Can I Kick It podcast. I am your host, Showtime. I got my favorite co-host. She's bad. She's bougie. She's all of the above. What's your name, girl? East Rock. <laughs> Are you bad and bougie? Can I call you that? I don't really connect to <laughs> there you that go. song. There you go. Being a <laughs> hater. Being a hater after Donald Glover. I shout it out to Migos. Um, and around the way, girl. Bamboo earrings, at least two pairs. Sure. Exactly. But could we like we can compare like around the way girl back then to bad and bougie now like it's kind of similar right? I mean I'll take it I'll just say that that's <laughs> not really it's not really me. It's not you. I mean you can be a bit bougie at I times. I can be bougie. Right and you're bad what? so you can be bougie and you're bad so who? I'm just saying I've known you for a long time and I know you. Particular. Is that what you call it? Particular? Yeah. Well, that doesn't really go with the song. Like, you can't say I'm <laughs> bad in particular. <laughs> bad in particular. That doesn't really work. Well, call me the hypnotic. <laughs> All right, cool. My references uh, predate this one. All right, so this edition of the Can I Kick It podcast, we got a whole lot to talk about. We got a whole lot of things popping. First of all, can we talk about the new edition movie for a minute? Like, that was super dope. We just finished watching Well, you really watched it good. for the second time. I watched it live because I knew that you all out there would ruin it for me. Right, yeah. Everybody <laughs> on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get it in when you can. So I watched it live, but you had not. So we just watched it. Yeah, we literally just rewatched it, and I thought it was really, really an excellent movie. So well movie. done. So well done. It was so good. I think they should have made it into like an actual TV show, like a like broken it up into like a whole series with all the commercials they had i'm sure they could have stretched it out yeah into a series however yeah, i like you know you can't drag it out forever right yeah it was a lot of stuff that was in there but it was also a lot of stuff that i thought was was missing mm-hmm. because they didn't really show like how you know bobby came back into the fold and right. kind of got back together but overall i think it was really good yeah i mean it's already three nights so you know i'm sure they couldn't complete include every little detail but what i did appreciate about the movie i mean there were so many things that they did well but what i did appreciate about it uh in contrast to say the lifetime movies mm-hmm. um they didn't or even um what network was uh people versus oj on that was fox that was fox yeah yeah um, even and though it was I, an actual series, that it was like right, eight right. to ten episodes, and I enjoyed um, People versus OJ. I enjoyed that, but one of the things that they did in that that I did not enjoy, and that they do in the Lifetime movies, they'll let the focus get off of the main subject and go down a path where they talk about people who now happen to be famous who really oh, aren't like relevant the to the story. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The Kardashians barely needed to be mentioned. Right, they were all that. over the OJ movie. Right. It, that you know yeah, at that no time place. no one was talking about the kardashian children right 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 so they that was really a waste to me as far as the script yeah to include that and then i like the fact that they didn't you know they mentioned whitney really briefly but they didn't try to make five additional side scenes uh, with, with bobby and whitney right. duking it out Absolutely. like so i appreciated that they really stuck to the main topic which was new edition yeah i thought i thought it was dope overall i give it 
definitely a double thumbs up. Um, I think they did a great job of casting. Casting was phenomenal. Yeah, from the younger members of New Edition to the members as they were older. I thought the acting was good. I thought the singing was good. Right, and that's what I mentioned. Um, a few people asked me, is that them singing? That's the actual actors singing. Mm-hmm. Um in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And so I think they did a really good job. Yeah, shout out to Luke James and uh, the young boy from uh, Stranger Things. and Yes. Um, Hakeem, uh, Hakeem from, what's that, Empire? What show is that? What show is he on? Empire? Yeah, Power? Empire. One of them shows. Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to them. They definitely did their thing. So everybody in that show did they one too. So we just came off of that. So that's why I kind of wanted to talk about that for a little bit. But this episode of the podcast. It's major. It's major. It's we have real. a major guest. Yeah, it's real heavy, real major. Um, our guest is, I guess we can let everybody know who the guest is. They don't know already. Well, first, before we do that, let's just thank everybody for listening to the podcast. The last podcast that we had, the last episode that we had. Biz Marquis. With Biz Marquis. So shout out to everybody who checked that out. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back. Uh, listen to it. Biz gave us some really, really good information and um, just the topic when we're talking about, you know, like samples and like what artists sample what records and use the same samples. I think a lot of people came from that, like knowing some stuff that they didn't already know, especially when we talked about the difference between like the snap and the chill Rob G versions of I got the power and that was really fun for me. I love, um, you know, digging up facts. Yeah, it was a hip hop history lesson. Yes, doing my hip hop encyclopedia brown thing. Right, as you right, call right, it. right, right, right. So if you haven't already heard that episode, go back and check that out because um, it's real special. Make sure you also rate it, comment, subscribe, and all of that good stuff. So, uh, but this episode is it's a special episode because we have a legend on the show with us. We have the one and only Lord Finesse from Digging in the Crates. Yes. Oh man, when I tell you like Lord Finesse to me is the epitome of. You know, like 90s hip hop MC slash producers. Lord Finesse sets a total mood with his production. Mm-hmm. I really feel like he should be scoring movies somewhere. Yeah. Because he, especially, you know, not to get into it too much right now, but especially like on The Awakening and just even on his other projects, he sets a total mood. I could totally see him scoring movies or even like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like if they did a, a current day. Uh, New York Undercover. Right. I say you need to have Lord Finesse, Lord Finesse um, up there. do the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's kind of talk about DITC. You know, DITC as a hip hop head, DITC as a collective has meant a whole lot to me over the years. I'm talking like a whole lot. This is arguably one of the one of the dopest crews in hip hop. I would step out there and say, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I would step out there and say that as a whole. Who, like, who's messing with DITC? As a whole, DITC is Production, the dopest. Right. Rappers. Right. You know, actual MCs. Right. I, I mean, mean, if they, you want, like, Fat Joe and Diamond D were graph writers. Like, we can really, <laughs> we can really go back All and the say, elements. Yeah, yeah, like, completely. <laughs> DJs. Like, Showbiz was a DJ. So, like, when it comes to hip-hop, you can really say that, like, DITC holds the gold standard for what a hip-hop crew and, and it is and what they stand for. You can't mess with them. And they're still, you know, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still together. And and just, you know, some of my favorite DITC moments, of course, um, when I look back at Fat Joe's uh, debut album, Represent. Listen, to this day, Flo Joe is still my favorite right. Fat Joe song. Right, right, right. To this day. Facts. There's nothing that does it for me like Flo Joe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With... 
Diamond D on the production, right? Right. Diamond, Diamond D, D, D Flojo. produced Flojo, yep. Nothing to this day. To this day, I remember being in the car when I first heard Flojo, and I was just like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, and not only that, um, but just the production on that entire Represent. album, like that entire Represent album, I think speaks volumes to what DITC meant to the culture. Um, and then when you look at Joe's career, when he went from, I think Fat Joe's first and second albums, they're both magnificent. Like you hear a lot of people talk about represent, but Jealous One's, Jealous One's Envy is an excellent body of work. First and second, al like on, on almost every Fat Joe album, there's always, you know, whether I love the whole album or the album is okay, that there's always one standout song that I can never stop playing. There's mm -hmm. always one. There's mm -hmm. always one that I just can never stop playing. So it was Flo Joe, um, then it was uh, Shit Is Real. Mm, yeah. And, you know, this is a hip-hop did you know, and I, w I would venture to step out there and, and ask the question, was represent the beginning of... Man, I, I could just be making this up because you never hear anybody come up with a real answer for this question. But did represent have something to do with the Fat Joe Jay-Z beef? Because, you know, Jay-Z and Fat Joe both used the same sample. Mm -hmm. So Joe had a record called Bad, Bad Man. And mm -hmm. um, Jay had Where I'm From, where they where both I'm sampled. From. Right, right, right. Yvonne Fair's Let Your Hair Down. And since nobody will tell us what the <laughs> real beef between Jay-Z and You're Fat just gonna Joe was. You're just going to go ahead and insert I'm just gonna just, I'm gonna, going to throw this out there. They were beefing over this sample. Aww. Bad Joe. Listen, we, it's been 25 years. No one will tell us why they were beefing. They've reconciled and we still don't know why they were beefing. So I'm going to create something in my head and it's going to be because of that sample. That was the reason. That's just what you've decided. That's just what I decided. And that's what it's going to be from now on. I don't want okay. nothing about nobody getting cracked upside the head with a champagne bottle. I've heard that story a hundred times. I've heard the story of somebody not being able to get in the club. No, no party will confirm or deny either of those stories. So guess what? The beef was over that sample. Okay. So let's just, let's just run with that. Okay. Sure. <laughs> that's sure. Just, that's just what we're going to go with. But yeah, just, you know, DITC and then you got to look at Diamond, Stunts, Plunts, and Hip Hop and what that meant to the culture. Exactly. Um, Sally got a one track mind. Sally got a one track mind. Right. Like just, you know, I was, we were fortunate enough to get that on vinyl when we went to Chicago. Um, yes, we sure did. A little bit over a year ago. Um, and I actually, you know, I played that record and it still sounds as good as it did when it came out. Yeah, that's that's a classic. Right. So, again, you know, just when you look at hip hop crews, it's not many crews that can hold up to DITC. And like I have to say, OC's Jewels is a, one of those underrated bodies of work. Definitely. Of course, Word Life. Mm -hmm. Word Life is like the let me let me dial back a little bit. OC is like the quintessential 90s rapper. He's mm -hmm. like the perfect 90s rapper. Mm -hmm. um, you know how him and Nas kind of came out. Right. Neck and neck, the and then kind of yeah, Nas yeah. got the promotion and yeah. kind of advanced a yeah, little further. Yeah, because Nas was signed to Columbia. OC was on Wild Pitch, and right, right. We discussed Wild Pitch we, and their shenanigans in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you don't really come out on top. It seems like nah, you're not winning when on, you're wild, on pitch. wild Pitch. Nope, you're but, not going to do it. Wild Pitch versus No Deal at all. Right, we, we, we may have never heard of OC. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but Word Life definitely. 
you know, in the upper echelon. But then, like you said, a lot of people sleep on yeah. Joel's. And, you know, I, I haven't done a hip hop confessions in a while, but I think I can give a hip hop confessions. You always have these. I, I don't. I, and I, kept, you keep, is, I keep trying to think of one. I don't have so, my hip hop confessions are about silly things I've done for hip hop, not right. things that I have to admit. Well, here's here's and I'm just this. This is the first time I've ever admitted this. Because it actually involves something that could be considered criminal, but <laughs> now don't, <laughs> now don't no, no no statute of limitations. It's been well over seven years. So come on now. <laughs> so I've never okay. So OC's jewel jewels. OC's jewels is one of my favorite albums of what? all time. I know where this is going. I don't know where this is going. Do you really? Are you about to tell me you stole the CD? <laughs> so I've never purchased OC's jewels CD. In 1997, <laughs> maybe, in high school, my best friend, Luck, shout out to Luck, my best friend at the time, he had a burgundy Mazda Millennia. This is when the Millennials first came oh, out. okay. We're going to the beach one day, riding down to the strip, and he's playing this new CD. And I'm just like, man, this is dope. Like, what is this? Say, yo, you know, this is that, this is that new OC. So, man, this so y'all were riding on the strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, at the end of the night, we returned. <laughs> we returned to to go our separate ways, and somehow I slipped away with the CD. Oh, you stole his <laughs> CD. It doesn't really count when you steal it from your friend. I'm thinking. <laughs> oh yeah, so I, I, I slipped the CD. I think I might have been thinking you were in Walmart trying to peel a little security joint no, 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 no. off. I, I think I might have got away with it because I told him I was going to dub it and give it back to him. He never saw that CD ever again, and I still have it I to mean, this I, day. I, I got a couple of people for for some tapes and CDs only because it used to happen to me. Right? Yeah, it used I, to happen I had to, to get me. Them. I had to get them. So that's my hip hop confession. I've never, I know it backwards and forwards. It's one of my favorite CDs of all times, but I've never actually purchased it. I just borrowed it from luck and maybe I'll give it back to him one day. Yeah. Maybe not though. Oh, speaking of OC, let's shout out Tissue in the Tape. Yes. One of our fellow podcasters, yeah. uh, Tissue in the Tape, had a really dope interview with OC recently. So check for that. Yeah. If yeah. You... If you get a chance, check out um, Tissue in the Tape podcast. They definitely uh, had a really in depth sit down with uh, OC and just talked about his history and, you know, kind of what he brought to the culture and his whole history with DITC and with hip hop and the yeah. real interview. So make sure you Google that and follow mm-hmm. him at Tissue and the Tape, Filmatic and uh, Davis Backwards. They were doing real big things for the culture over there. So make sure you holler at them. Let's see what else we got about DITC. What else? I mean, like Big L, like how can, how can we leave out? Like we can't talk about DITC without talking about Big L. Like Lamont Coleman and what he brought to the table and how he changed the game lyrically is just like he was a magnificent MC. Definitely. Lyrical. Very, very lyrical. Also, just an MC who brought so much to the table as far as like his storytelling. I don't such think a short gets, time, too. Yeah, I don't think he gets mentioned enough um, when it comes to the storytellers, like because he could paint a picture like a lot of MCs still can't to this day. He definitely could. Yeah, so you know, just like you said, he was cut down really, really short. But his two bodies of work, like lifestyles of the poor and dangerous. And um, um, the big picture, the big picture, right, right, right. Lifestyles of the Porn Dangerous and the big picture. So, they, what are your, some of your favorite Big L joints? Ebonics, of course. I love Ebonics. I have that's definitely one of my favorites. Like, I just love the way he goes. It, it just takes it takes me back when I listen to it to all that mm-hmm. '90s slang that we were using. Yeah, that's just the way that I talk, yo. Yeah, um, MVP, of course. Yeah, and our guest today, Lord Finesse. 
uh, did a lot of production on the earlier Big L works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Lofner has actually discovered Big L. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, you know, what DITC brought to the culture is just, you know, it's just monumental. You know, I don't think you can really put uh, a cap on it. You know, when you look at what Buck Wild has done with his production for Biggie, I got a story to tell. Right. Uh, Buck Wild produced OC's Time's Up. It's just so much. When you look at their contributions to... To hip-hop. To hip-hop. Yeah, like I really... Their contributions to their own crew. Right. First and foremost. And then their contributions... You know, even outside of their career. Yeah, because you can, you can look at, you know, DITC's solo ventures, but then you have to come back and, and look and at... And look at the production they do outside of DITC. Right, but then also look at the their collaborative efforts that they've had together. Like, yeah. the last album that they had before this one, of course, they got a new album that's out now. Um, but prior to, to this, they had an album out that, to me, is a, a, a complete dope body of work. right. And then we haven't even talked about Showbiz and AG. Yet. Haven't even talked about Showbiz and AG and the Soul Clap and that Runaway Slave Project and I like my pockets fat. Fat pockets. Like, like it's just fit. so much. Yeah. So yeah, I just think you know when we look at digging in the crates, um, a crew that has just kind of uh, stood the test of time from the early '90s to now in 2017 that's just not something that you see like an entire group of people who have maintained and and they're still up to par like their lyrics are still up to par like when i listen to this album the new one the, the uh, new, sessions new album the DITC sessions like joe's bars are great ag's bars are phenomenal the production is good the production is awesome you know what i mean so you you looking from 1990 to 2017 it's 27 years you know what i mean i can't think of another crew who has stood the test of time and still been able to come together and create a project. You know what I mean? Right. That's that is this dope. So super shout to digging into crates, the DITC crew. So we'll get into the Lord Finesse interview in just a minute, but let's introduce our new segment. Right. You have a new segment. Not me, we. We have a new segment. Yeah, we got a new segment. So a lot of times people ask us what we're listening to and what songs we think are really, really dope. Right. So I think we should, you know, start putting people on to songs we're checking for songs we're checking for you need to let us put you on so i'll let you go first and introduce the song that you're checking for and then i'll put everybody on to the song that i'm checking for i think mine's gonna surprise you really it's yeah. gonna surprise me i think so is it hip-hop nope mine isn't either well i mean that's not surprising <laughs> <laughs> well i kind of i think i know what yours is you do I think you so. should because you've been talking about it for like the I last three days yes i haven't stopped playing it it has spawned uh, and inspired me to make playlists right. and and all of that. Um, song I'm checking for this week is none other than Thundercat. Mm-hmm. Show you the way, right? Featuring freaking Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. break down who was Thundercat because I prior to this had no idea who he was I mean Thundercat is hard to explain he doesn't really he's um, hard to explain he's hard to he's (laughs) not in like I can't be like well you know he's that soul singer like he's not really in a one he doesn't fit into one category is it a real person yes oh okay (laughs) (laughs) you said he's hard to explain like is it Batman like no I just mean his like the category that you would put the genre that you would put his music in it's kind of um Jazzy, solely neo solely. Um, he's done some, you know, he's done some work with Erica Badu, with Kamasi Washington. 
I've I've liked his projects previously. So so. he has other stuff before this. He didn't just. Yeah. Oh, okay. You should get into it. Okay. You should really get into it. And his new album, I believe I saw that it was coming out um, February, maybe 24th, Mm -hmm. sometime mid-February. I definitely remember remember it was after Valentine's Day. Okay. But. Um, if you're not familiar with Thundercat, I know a lot of you are. I'm not, but actually, for you, don't worry about it. Because as soon as this new album drops, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you real familiar. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but if you're not familiar with Thundercat, definitely go back and check out his previous work, his new work coming out. But let's get to the song. Mm-hmm. Show You the Way features Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. Right. Like, do you know how major that is? So why don't you tell everybody how you try to embarrass me on social media? I didn't embarrass you. You tried to you tried to throw shade to me on all your social media platforms. That wasn't shade. What that was, was I was trying to get Instagrams to help me convince you that you need to watch Footloose. I'm good on it. I'm because good. <laughs> you don't like to go back and watch those movies with me. Right. And I'd be trying to put you on and like bless your life. Yeah, no, I'm good on it. So I heard the song, mm-hmm. Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, like Yacht Rock Kings. Do, are you familiar with Yacht Rock? I don't know what that means. So that was like a, a specific genre, like a subgenre of music back in the 80s. They just called it Yacht Rock. It was, I guess, music you would hear on a yacht. I don't know. I haven't been on a yacht. Yacht Rock? Yacht Rock. Nah, B. It's like... Bee Gees, Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins. So Blue Eyed Soul uh, prob- is what you're saying? No, it's not Blue Eyed Soul. Oh. No, no, no. It's not Blue Eyed <laughs> Soul. Um, probably some uh, Stevie Nicks. Um, ju- you're not getting it. Nah. Not, okay. <laughs> I cram to understand. So let's, let's fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm making, I hear the song. I love it. It's perfect. First of all, do you know who Kenny Loggins is? Absolutely not. I know who Kenny Rogers is. No. Are they the same not, person? Not at all. No. Nah. You need to know when to fold them, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenny Loggins, in addition to being a Yacht Rock King, was like a soundtrack, a soundtrack king back in the 80s. Oh. Kenny Loggins sang the uh, theme song to Footloose. Little movie with Kevin Bacon that's really famous. Hmm. John Lithgow. Hmm. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kenny Loggins also had a song with Gladys Knight on, I want to say the Rocky Three. Yes, the Rocky. No, was it Rocky Four? Probably the Rocky Four soundtrack. And you'll know how I feel about Rocky. Everyone knows how you feel about Rocky. Um, Ken, I mean, Kenny Loggins just had a bunch of soundtrack hits, but also just hits in his own right. And he, he and Michael McDonald worked together previously. This so is Michael it. McDonald is Yacht, Yacht Rock also? Yes. Are the Doobie Brothers Yacht Rock? Yes. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to catch Not on. every Doobie Brothers song. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. Is that Yacht Rock? That's, that's in Taking the... it to the street. <laughs> I remember that from the episode of What's Happening. When, when Rerun went to the concert and he tried to record the concert. 
and then he got caught because he had the tape recorder in his trench coat. Is that all you know about anyway. Michael McDonald? Nah, 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 that ain't all I know. I'm just saying. That was my first introduction, <laughs> introduction. to the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, man, the Doobie you Brothers don't broke know up. because I'm your brother. That's a line from Romancing the Stone. Do you know that no movie? No idea what that is. Romancing the Stone, that movie from the 80s? Nah. Romancing the Stone with Kathleen Turner and no. Michael... Who? Um, I was about to say Michael McDonald. Um, Michael Jackson. No, Michael Douglas. Excuse me. Oh, Michael Douglas. You never saw Romancing the Stone? I've never heard of Romancing the Stone. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we're getting all the way into left field. This is about to turn into right. uh, this is about to turn into a whole other podcast. Absolutely. So let me come back. Michael yeah, because I'm lost. I have no idea what you're even talking Michael about. Michael right McDonald, now. Kenny Loggins did This Is It together. They wrote that together. And then you hear Michael McDonald in the background, uh, on the background vocals on This Is It. They've worked together, you know, a few times in the past. So okay. them together on this song is so perfect for any music lover. Any right. music lover, even if you have no idea who Thundercat is, you just have to be able to appreciate it. I have this no song. idea who two out of the three people on that song are. Uh, so. That's unfortunate for you. But, I mean, but we're going to get you up you to for, speed. Thank you for putting me on. Thank you for letting me know, and I'm going to check for it. And even though it's not a hip-hop song, if you are an extreme hip-hop head, mm-hmm. and you just but you still love good music, mm-hmm. you need to be checking for this new Thundercat album, and okay. especially this song. All right. Well, how about the song that I'm checking for is not a Yacht Rock song, <laughs> and it's by somebody that we both know. It's this new joint by Leela James. Oh, Leela James. She's so dope to me. So I actually heard this song on the radio, believe it or not. On the radio, Leela James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it on the radio. And I was like, what is this? Is it It's new? It's newer. I think they just started pushing it to radio. I think it came out like late last year. Mm-hmm. But I heard it for the first time. And the song is called I Don't Want You, or it's called Don't Want You Back. Now, I like Leela James a lot. I think she has a lot of soul. I think she's like Definitely. super soulful. So you have not heard this song? I don't think so. So I'm going to play it for you so you can check it out. Two o'clock in the morning, you on my phone trying to talk to me. Saying that you want me back. You need me back and you should have never left me. the sweet sounds of Leela James. I like it. See, it's real soulful. Real. I don't real think dope. I was. I wasn't aware that she had something that came out just as as recently as November. See, that's why I'm around. I'm here to put you on. Um, that's shocking, actually. <laughs> why is that shocking? You don't. I don't what. <laughs> what are you about to say, ma'am? I, what is it that I? I don't just do? want to say thank you for putting me. That's on. all you had to say. See, <laughs> I, see, I'm being married to change your life. Like you just learn to fight your battles. I, you choose your battles. That too. That's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. what you meant. Yeah, yeah. You learn to choose your battles. <laughs> I learned yeah, to yeah. fight my battles. It'll be rough up in here. Yeah, you can say that again. So yeah, that's the joint I'm picking for this week. Um, Leela still got the big fro too. I remember Leela had the big fro before everybody. Before we were all going natural. Yeah. yeah. Now is that a fro? Or is it a wig? That's her real joint. I have no idea. I'm. That looks like it could be some pieces, but it's beautiful. Right. I have no idea, though. I, I can't tell you about her follicles. Okay. Well, check for it. It's called Don't Want You Back. It's by Leela James, and it's a really dope, real soulful record. It is. Yeah. So, you know, I'm all about the soul. Gotta have soul. True. True indeed. <laughs> True indeed. I'm impressed. Yeah. So, it ain't all about hip-hop over here. All right. So, with that being said, I guess... Let's get into this interview with Lord Finesse. Like, he definitely goes into a lot of the history of DITC. He talks about uh, his history as a producer, as an mm-hmm. MC, and just from somebody who's produced for everybody from Dr. Dre to Biggie. Biggie and everybody in between that you could possibly think of. 
the guy had a lot to say. Like he, you know, he dropped a lot of jewels. So it was a really good interview. Yeah. So pay close attention. Let's get, get it into it. Lord Finesse, MC, DJ, producer, all hats that hip hop legend Lord Finesse wears with ease. An integral part of one of the best hip hop crews in the game, Lord Finesse has the collective behind him, but stands on his own with a career that speaks for itself. Finesse talks to us about how he got his start and breaks down how each member of DITC entered the fold. We also get some insight into the making of OC's word life and find out what Lord Finesse really geeks out over. Kick it with us. We got the the legendary producer MC on the phone with us right now. It's the Can I Kick It podcast. Showtime and East Rock, the return of the funky man, Lord Finesse. What up, though? Hey, what's going on, big man? What's going on with y'all? Good, man. What's up? Hey, man, he came out of nowhere. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad to have you on the show today. Ah, oh, man, the, the pleasure is all mine, really. I'm just blessed to be here this long in this game. Still doing what I love to do at a high level. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just honored. Let's get into it. Let's talk about... Uh, your beginnings before DITC, how did you as Lord Finesse come to be and, you know, how did you get your debut with DJ Mike Smooth? Well, I think um, the start of doing, doing hip-hop, the jams in the park, that that kind of set it off for me to see a um, person come out with equipment and and have a have an MC behind the ropes. You know, I, I eventually wanted to be that dude. Like, oh, man, he's the host. He's rocking the night. I want, I want to do that one day. You know, so Mike used to throw jams, and, and I used to get a chance to rock, you know. And it, it's, it, it's just like with hip-hop, it was just a culture. It wasn't like the multi-billion dollar business we're talking about now. It's just you felt like you was a part of like a... Uh, a revolution being a part of hip hop mm-hmm. because it was a way of life. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't looking at well. I'm gonna do a commercial and then you know I'm a, I'm gonna upload my music. It wasn't none of that. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just what you felt really good had to, to you. love what you was doing to be a part of it. Right. And you had to have some type of style and originality and creativity to create your own lane at that time. Yeah, now you, Joe, Diamond, and Showbiz, y'all are all from Forest Projects. Was there any competition between you guys back before you became DICC? Nah, it was never no competition. You know, I was inspired by watching um, Show and Diamond uh, when they was coming out and they was DJing. I was I was very inspired by them. So besides me and Mike, we was doing what we were doing. Mike was like my bigger brother, mm-hmm. you know, um... When I got a chance to do Funky Technician, I told Mike, like, from the gate, I don't, shoot, I might not even ask Mike before I offer them, like, look, man, <laughs> working on this album, and I want y'all to be a part of it because I admired those dudes that much, Diamond and Show. So it was like, and I told Mike, and he was like, nah, sure, you know, because at the time, we was just happy to be doing the record, you know, so it was, it was, it was dope. Right. Now you don't really like to take credit for actually forming DITC, but can you tell us what your role was and how you, how you all came together in the beginning? I mean, I don't, I don't don't know. Maybe I'm too laid back, you know, but (laughs) to me it was, it was all organic, you know, it started with showing Diamond, you know, me admiring them, you know, yeah. You know, Diamond was the first out the crew to have a record with him and Master Rob, the ultimate force. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing. And I used to cut school to hang out with Diamond. Like, you know, well, after homeroom, I'm going to come to your crib and cut school. 
So I used to sit up in Diamond Apartment and watch them cut records all day, 45s, albums, you know? And it was a way, uh, that was my recreation. So when I got on, okay, you got you got a show in Diamond. I battled AG in high school. Mm-hmm. Oh. So he happened during the, uh, making a funky technician and me entering the seminar, he happened to be dating a, a woman across the street from me. You know, and he was looking for a DJ. So her brother was like, look, man, I got the perfect person because I used to DJ too. Right. So, you know, they bring me up. My man Damon, he brings me in the living room. AG sitting in. Oh, man, it's not no DJ. That's that's law finesse. <laughs> you know, because, you know, Damon called me by my government. He called me by Rob. Uh-huh. You know, There's this dude named Rob. He's nice. You know, so it's like, nah, that's law finesse. And I happen to be working on the funky technician. And I asked AG, you still spit? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm working on funky technician. I'd love for you to be a part of that. So at the time, show was looking for MC and AG was looking for a DJ. He was down with a group. And they, he was saying like, man, they, they full of it, yo, Ness, man. I'm looking for a DJ. So the showbiz and AG combination was created and formulated during Funky Technician. Okay, so you got me, Diamond, Show, AG. Okay, Fat Joe, he was the neighborhood, let's say, clean version hustler, you know? <laughs> you know? We got he you. was out there doing what he wanted to do. And he had, he had uh, you know, admiration and admire what we did and was like, look, man, and, you know, he looking at me, if Ness could do it, I know I could do it, <laughs> you know, and uh, he went for it, and uh, Diamond was doing promos for him, like Red Alert promos, mm-hmm. and then Red would play these promos, and one of the promos was um, Got a Flow. That was one of the promos, mm-hmm. and um, he entered this Apollo. Apollo had a rap night, and uh, Joe won the rap night maybe four or five nights straight, you know? And, you know, we we looked at him and, and took him kind of serious because, you know, for you to go get into some rap contest, I ain't even do that. Right. You know, I'm like, you know. And, you know, I was like, all right, well, he really want to do this. And we all gathered and supported him and his move that, that that's what he wanted to do, especially mm-hmm. on um, the first album, Represent. So now you got me, show, A.G., Diamond, Fat Fat Joe. Uh, Now in 91, 92, uh, Mike Smooth always had a real job. He had a a good job. Mm -hmm. He had a nine to five. The the same job to this day, you know? (laughs) Parks and Rex, right? Yeah. Very, very, very high up in ranks, you know? Um, Salute my brother, Mike Smooth. Um, so he wasn't traveling with me as much. So, I, you know, I was making mixtapes in a spot called Rock and Wills and bumped into a fellow by the name of Buck Wild. Mm. Cool dude, laid back, used to go to his house, make tapes. And I'm like, look, man, I want to take you on the road for me, with me. You could DJ for me. So, you know, he's on the road with me. And one of the, one of the uh, tours we went on was the Source Tour with a whole bunch of unorthodox groups, to say the least, because if I start saying the name, we're going to say, well, why they put that tour together? That right. seems wild. You know, it was uh, Roxanne Shante, it was Biz as the, 
as the DJ. It was Search as the host from mm. Third Base. Mm. You had groups like the A Team, which was uh, Chet Rock's people with right. Hot Dog and them. <laughs> right, right, right. You had Power Rule, a Spanish crew out of uh, out of Queens. You had a Philly rapper by the name of Cooley Live. You had RSO from Boston. Benzino. Yeah, Benzino, young Benzino. You had uh, a group by the name of Organized Confusion. Mm, young Fair You had a young OC traveling with Organized on this tour. So during the tour, Buckwild and OC became good friends. And I remember Buck coming up to me like, look, man, when this tour is over, I'm going to work with OC. I'm going to work with OC and, um, you know, I'm going to try to see if we could get him a deal or something. You want to be involved? And I'm like, sure. And that's that was the making of Word Life, mm. that album. And then last but not least, doing an autograph signing on 125th Street. You know, I was in there and young, young skinny dude comes in, <laughs> him and his man. You know, and it's like, he sends his boy over. He's he's like the Fonz. He's too cool. <laughs> of course he is. This, yeah, I'm send this dude over. Yo, man, my boy want to rhyme for you, and he's nice. You know, at that time, everybody wanted to rhyme for me. It's like, yeah, all right. Right. Look, man, let me give you my manager's number, and <laughs> if my manager give you the okay, then I'll mess with you like right. that, you know? Tell him I'll do that. So he goes over. They whisper and talk, and he comes back over. So now, nah, F that, man. <laughs> he said, um, he's going to rhyme for you, and if you don't like him, he won't ever bother you again. Now, that's confidence. You know? Yeah, I'm like in the Ice Cube voice. Is that right? <laughs> you know? Um, so he comes over. You know, he starts to rhyme, you know? They had equipment in the back of the store. Mm-hmm. You know, they had equipment, so it's like, all right. You know, went in the back of Rock and Wells where we was making the mixtapes and make tape stuff. So we go back there, money is cutting on the turntables, and I'm hearing this dude for the first time. Yeah, one, two, one, two. I go by the name of the Big L, you know what I'm saying? Rock this with Rock and Will, hard pack tape. I go like this. Hey yo, I got the gift, the gap to lift and grab the mic and recite hype rhymes that'll rip and rag and drag a fag MC who likes to nag a lot and brag a lot, talking about the lyrics that he have behind. Step to this and get lit like a candle too. Rhymes I hook up and sees I cook up like candle soup. You know, um, he starts to rhyme and I'm, I'm just blown away at 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 his style for his age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he sounded similar to what I was doing, but I wasn't looking at it from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it like that. He's this young and he's this nice. So imagine, you know. When he's developed. This, the, the upside is just retarded. Yeah. You know? And, man, when he finished, I was asking for all his numbers. <laughs> you know, you got a number? True story. Uh, yeah, let me let me get the house number. You know, I'll take the beaver, but I need to really, you know, get in contact with you. So, right. you know, I used to put him on the phone with show, you know, and A, and you know, they looking like if Ness is excited about this dude, you know, because Ness is Ness, you know. Mm -hmm. So if Ness is excited, we gotta hear this dude. And you know, true to my word, this dude was that dude, mm -hmm. you know. 
And, you know, Show started working with him. Because Show, Show was, had a more knack for production than I did at the time. And I tried to do some beats. It, it wasn't it. But um, thanks to Show, they came out first demo. was like Devil's Son. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the other demos. And that's what got him his deal. And, and it went on from there. Yeah. You know, so that's like the origin of the crew. It's just like, you know, people... I always tell people it wasn't like we was all together and then split up. Right. You know, no, we was all solo and got together. together. So that's that's more difficult after y'all all established to get in there and start to work because everybody is successful by their own right. So they got their own ways of doing things. So it's, it's complicated when you put like eight chefs in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. Now, who came up with the name Digging in the Crates? Uh, Diamond and Show. And, you know, that was, um, it started one day when um, I wish I had, you know, because everybody heard the song Digging in the Crates. That's off the show on A-G-E-P. Mm-hmm. Right. Nah, it was another one before that. Unreleased. And I wish, yeah, man, I don't, I don't have it. I, Oh, man, I wish I had it, because it, it'll be worth some real bread. But um, it was a record with Show and Diamond mm-hmm. killing this. They, they was going off. And it was the name of the song was Where's Dre? Because AG didn't show up for the session. <laughs> so they did a record called Where's Dre? And that's the first time I ever heard Show and Diamond rhyming. And I was just shocked because they DJs, you know, producers, like they rhyming now. Yeah. And and I was shocked because it was it was incredible. It wasn't like, oh, okay, they trying to rhyme. No, it was like, yo, wow, you know. Right. And then, you know, after that session, we did uh, digging in the crates, and that's when it started to come formulate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you know. So let's get busy and dig in the crates. Right. And, so, and I was so, like, yeah, let's let's call it that, you know? How were y'all but received was, in the neighborhood, though? Like, being that y'all all came from the same hood, did people look at you like they were intimidated, or was it more like they were cheering you on, glad to see people from the town winning? I mean, for me, it was it was harder for me because I had the weird voice when I was coming up. So you ain't going to get on with that voice. That's just horrible. <laughs> you, know, you know, you got people like Rock Kim out and Chuck D. They voice is powerful. Right. My voice was just, it was different. Nah, Rob, I don't think it's going to work for you. But after they seen it, they seen me really go hard. You know, I think if you believe, they'll believe. Right. You know, so I was like, I wasn't staying in the Bronx. I wanted to travel and venture. I wanted to be great. So I was battling people all over the, the, the different boroughs to show that I was nice. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, you know, after everybody started to formulate, you got to understand it was me, Diamond, Show, and... um Fat Joe, all in the same neighborhood. Like people think, oh, they, they they're from the Bronx. No, they're from the same block, mm. literally. You know, and um, uh, my my sister uh, Coco from SWV. What was in the water y'all were drinking? I don't know. I we ain't see the Cheryl thing coming. <laughs> right. Cheryl Cheryl blew us away. She came you out know, of nowhere. To this day, it's it's amazing. 
you know, but yeah, man. So I think it, it just, you had other people that wanted to do it. Like the block was on fire at that time because it would be bugged because it's like when it was time for a show, whether it was a fat show, whether it was a show, an AG show, whether it was a diamond show, whether it was my show, we go to events like literally with the projects. Mm-hmm. Like we going in there like 50 deep. Mm. And, you know, everybody, it was crazy because everybody got different parts of the project who they hung out with. Right. So we just all gathered in, in in clubs in our own little corners, you know, drinking, you know, talking to women, you know. It used to be bugged out. And it was like a field trip for the projects. Oh, it was a show Friday? <laughs> you know, everybody okay. going. And we would meet in the back of the projects. And, yo, I mean... It'd be like 20, 25 cars. We'd be deep. And we'd just all be going to these these shows. And it would be bugged out, you know, because we'd be in the crowd, you know, cheering each other on or just being there or sometimes hop on the stage. It it was a beautiful time, man. It was was crazy. We heard you tell the story about going to the New Music Seminar once you got your your deal and uh, defeating Mikey D. How did you go from performing at the showcase to getting your deal with Wild Pitch? Well, I had to deal with Wild Pitch first, and I could go deeper than that. I actually had a deal with Zakia Records. I was signed before they went under. Oh, wow. Yeah, people don't know that story. Yeah, Eric B. Rockin was signed to Zakia, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, because we're from that era where, right. you know, whatever was the hottest artist and the hottest acts, we would go look at the records, take the address and the number down and send your demo in, you right. know? That, that was our way. That was our mixtape era, you know, how to get on, you know? And, you know, you wait for that phone call. So, you know, you wait for that phone call and, um, you know, I get a call. I think it was from DJ Word and Guru used to A&R at Wild Pitch. And I was like, yo, you know, Guru was telling Premier, this is why they was working on No More Mr. Nice Guy, yo, this, this little finesse dude that got the demo tape, and, you know. <laughs> and he told Stu, you better sign this dude. Right. And at the time, I I signed because, not because I wanted to make records, it's because I was turned on by this contest that I seen in 88 or 87 which was a seminar where they allowed the best of the industry people to go at it. You know, when mm-hmm. I walked in the room, I seen people with jewels on and, and they was battling like the nicest dudes that was making records. Who was in the room? Um, I think I seen Cool G Rap. I seen Melly Mel. I, I seen a bunch of different dudes wow. and I was looking like, okay, uh, uh, this is where I want to make my point at, you know? And it wasn't about the records, it was about the creative culture of it all. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be known as one of the top. And, you know, so they put me in in 89, and that's when I battled Mikey D. I lost in the next round because I stumbled on some words. Crowd thought I won, but it ain't fly with the judges. But the mark of beating a champion in the first round, you know, that was that was, that was was the thing. It was like, yo, this law finesse dude, and... So, you know, who beat Mikey? This is just Lord Finesse, dude. He's, right. Yo, man, he's saying these punchlines and metaphors, and it was wild. I never heard nothing like that, you know? <laughs> Got him out of I here. Give credit, I give credit to Kane for putting me on, turning me on to that. But then it's just it just became the way I was doing it that was, was different from how he was doing it. You know, and 
that was the that was the thing. And then I had AG with me. I remember one night, just just I forgot where we was at, cause they had mad clubs in the city. Mm-hmm. But AG was that dude, man. I remember AG. He rented a Rolls Royce, and we went down and we was traveling to these different clubs. So it was it was crazy. That's <laughs> all. I, it, that that night was crazy. We both. We'll never forget that night. And um, shout out to King's son, who was probably one of the first celebrities I hung out with. And we was going in the club with him, that tall, you know, big dude, you know? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Now, nah, we, we have incredible memories. I can go with stories for ages. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're about. We love the stories. Right. Now, some of your earliest production was on Big L's Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous and on Fat Joe's Represent album. What was your transition like going from rapper to having that confidence to have someone rapping over your beats? Well, I credit I credit show and I credit Large Professor to that, you know, because I was around them heavy and I was using the SB twelve hundred. I used to just sit there amazed at how they would chop this music up and do what they do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, thing. you know, I was around Large when he was making fake in the funk. Ooh, you know, oh, I heard yeah. him while he was doing that beat. Wow. And I was like, yo, this is, this is crazy. So, show, he showed me a few things, and he was like, nah, it's easy. If you do this, you do that. And I'm I'm a technical dude, very technical savvy. I think if I wasn't in the rap, I'd be electrical engineer. <laughs> that was my goal. So, you know, one day, I took my money, and I got me an SB1200. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, another artist, producer by the name of Jess West, who signed to Motown, he taught me how to rock rock the uh, S950 filter, time stretch. So I remember locking myself in for about a week or so, just doing beats, brought records, did some beats. And, you know, we put our cassette together. It wasn't no CDs, cassette. You know, and I was letting people hear the beats. Like, oh, man, this is crazy. Who's the dude that gave you this tape? It's like, yo, I did that. Mm. Uh, you ain't do that. Yo, I did do it. Nah, man, you don't even do beats. You know, and at that point, it was like, wow, I got something here. Right. You know, because they don't even believe I did it. And like you said, my those beats was the beats you hear on Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. Right, right, right. The beats you hear on Fat Joe Living Fat, yeah. you know. Those was the earlier beats. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but I, you know, I, I'm just proud to been around, like I said, show, large professor and premier. So, you know, you, you with three legendary dudes. So, you know, you got to pick up something. Right. You know, being around, being around them. It has you know? to rub off on you. Exactly. So from a producer standpoint, what is the process that you use to find and record samples? How do you go about getting your samples or deciding on a sample? I got like about 15 different ways I look at a record or when I'm purchasing a record, what mm-hmm. I'm hearing. It could be the melody. It could be a bass line. It could be so many different things I'm listening for in a record. I don't listen like the ordinary person. I'm listening right. different sounds, horn hits, uh, vibes, piano. It could just be, just it could be like two seconds of a thing. You know, because I play this game when when fellas when fellas come to the crib, and throw a record on, and they'll listen to the record, and I'll listen to the record. You know, I go, you hear that? It's like, yeah, I hear that. That's all right. 
no, you don't hear that? And then I would take the record and do what I'm hearing. And they'll just look at me just like, wait, how did you hear that? I'm like, it's the way. It's a, I always tell people it's not the machine. It's the creativity of the individual. Right. You know, people think I got this machine. I, I've seen people buy 100000 worth of equipment and, and, and have to sell it all within a month because they don't know what they're doing. Right, you're driving you know, the machine, so it has to come from you. Yeah, the creativity always come from the uh, the the creator, and um, we're from a world of limitation. I just think that's what make our era so special, make these dudes so incredible. When you look at the Pete's and the premieres yeah. and the shows and the diamonds and and people from that '90s era, right. they always think we're trying to discredit this era. No. We're from a world of limitation. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You had less than work Limitation is those machines wasn't, you ain't have a lot of sampling time. You know, you, you, you had to make do with what you had. And to get around a limitation is what made you technically great. Right. Because you had to get around things. And when you found how to get around things with the limited sampling time, when you're listening to albums like um, Main Source, Breaking Atoms, when you're listening mm -hmm. to uh, Mecca and the Soul Brother, when you're listening to Premier Daily Operations, and you're listening to Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory, or, or Midnight Marine, listen to the to the genius in those albums. When you're listening to uh, Public Enemy with the Bomb Squad. Absolutely. These dudes was geniuses because people go, well, you know, anybody could do that. Yeah, you could do it now because the machines do damn near everything for you. Right, right. Y'all right. don't even buy records. Y'all wait for somebody to come with a drum kit and got a hundred people with the same drum kit. We was creating drum kits. Mm -hmm. My biggest and, and greatest analogy with with the music of our era and today is a simple math test. In our day, you had a math test. You had the math test, had a blank piece of paper, you had a pencil. Right. And to do this math test, you had to show your work on this blank piece of paper with the pencil. If you ain't show your work, how you got the answers right. to these questions, you get an incomplete teacher failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just getting 80s, 100s, right. 90s, you know, <laughs> right. bringing up to today. They allow you to take math tests with calculators. With calculator, right. And dudes is failing. <laughs> How is that possible? I don't, I, that's, that's what I don't get. So to have all this limitless technology and for the music to sound this way, I don't get it. Yeah. So I, I guess it's safe to say, because I, I saw the other day that there was a new NPC that came out that basically does everything for the producer. So I, I guess it's safe to say that you are, you would prefer the analog days over the digital days that we're in now. Uh, yes. Uh, it's funny that you said that, because I'm out here in California, and I went to the NAM two days straight. Mm. Like I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a geek for technology. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to see what's out there. I want to see what's new. You know, and some things is like, wow. And some things are like, um, just remind me of the iPhone, you know? Right. Because people got to understand, just like like medicine, you know, the money ain't in the cure. The money is in the medicine. Hmm. Absolutely. So just like with music, 
the money ain't in the software, the money is in the hardware. Right. So we got to keep creating these machines. Right, to make people think they need what's new. To keep, to keep you buying them, because mm-hmm. that's how they make money. Right. That's how these companies move on. So we got to keep making these machines, but at some point, you have to really look back and say, do I need this? Yeah. If what you're working with is not broken, why are you trying to fix it? Mm-hmm. Or you just one of those dudes, I got the new so-and-so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, right now I'm happy with the Renaissance, you know, because for a lot of these machines, they use you as the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Because they create these machines and they don't troubleshoot them to the fullest. They use you as the troubleshooter. Yeah. Yo, man, this this is this ain't working. I wish they did this. And they just got somebody taking out all the notes that what they what you feel is wrong with the machine. And then they keep coming with the updates and more updates and more updates. So maybe six, seven, eight months from now, maybe I might pick it up because they'll probably fix all them updates by then. But for now, I don't want that. I'm good with the Renaissance. I'm good with Ableton. Right. And I was hip to something that they're about to come out with that that I'm, 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 man, I might leave all that alone. Well, I won't leave it all alone. <laughs> But I'll be I'll be more than happy. Yeah. It, it made it made my whole man. It just brightened my day. Yeah. I had to have a drink behind them, what they told me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward for them to do that, and I will be a big part of it. So when it yeah. comes about, you know, they're gonna go, okay, he's really endorsing this one thing. Wow. You know, so yeah. So as as a consumer though, like, what do you prefer? Sample free beats or beats that have samples in? It? Like, what do you think in 2016? Like, what do you think is the hottest? I think sampling gives you edge, mm-hmm. gives your music edge, gives you some time, creativity, creative creative options. You know, when you playing something, if you ain't Stevie Wonder, Teddy Riley, or or somebody with some musical gifts. Just sounds corny sometimes. Yeah, I think hip hop. What makes hip hop gritty is the little sounds, samples. You know, and some people go, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't sample because it's clear it and this and that." But if you're creative, if you're from our era, you know how to sample. Right. If you coming across problems, that means you're mainly looping. You're not sampling. Right. You know, so it, it cracks me up with people like, yo, I don't sample and this and that. You sample because you don't know how to sample. <laughs> and then you get people that'll play you some beats and it'd be sample free. And and they make it sound like, well, you know, this beat right here, it doesn't have no samples. And it'd be garbage. Yeah, it, it sounds like it don't got no samples. <laughs> the key to that whole theory of you even bringing it up is to create a beat that sounds so incredible. It sounds like it got samples, but it don't. Then you could say, yeah, that don't have no samples. But if you're hitting three notes and some 808 percussion, yeah, right. we know it ain't it got doesn't. no samples. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, what are you trying to say? It's okay. It's all right. More, 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 more power to you, you know? Next. Finesse discusses his crate digging habits, what made production in the 90s so incredible, and how he ended up on some of the most well-known hip-hop projects outside of his own DITC family. If you ever wanted to know what studio sessions with Biggie were like, he fills us in on that too. Let's proceed. Now as a producer, you have to have a monster vinyl collection. Is there any record that you want but you haven't come across yet? 
collecting records is like drugs, man. You get addicted. <laughs> it's life. Like, Tell us about it. We both collect. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man. Man, I, I just came from Japan. You know, so um, every time I turn around, you know, I think, okay, I got a lot of stuff. And, you know, I'm grateful I got it. But somebody always plays something that just makes me just go, I got to get that right. now. What's that? You know, because it's records from abroad. It's foreign records. It was records people do different covers of James Brown and these different songs. And it's just as dope or, or incredible. Records never end. Right. Never. Lim you know, and, and you, you got people that um get stuff off of iTunes and YouTube. and But there's stuff that people haven't posted yet that's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, I don't take nothing away from people that um take stuff off of YouTube. You know, if that's your way of getting your rocks off, great for you. <laughs> but that means you're only as good as the next person upload. Right. So if they don't upload nothing dope, you're trash. Yeah. So you have to wait for somebody to upload something. Mm -hmm. They don't upload, your career's you, you do. Right. You know? So as a, a record collector, you go out and you buy these records and you, as, as true collectors, we're looking for something different. Mm -hmm. We're looking for that different outfit. So when we come in the party, they're going to go, what the hell he got on? That's crazy. Right, right, right. But if you wearing what everybody else is wearing, you know, you happy with being number two. We're never happy with being number two. We always want to create, that's what made the 90s so incredible. Like I said, once again, not to discredit this era because people often think when you talk about your era and you're passionate about it, it's just like everything here is trash. No, we just know the love and the passion and the technical skills that people had to create these incredible classics that they was making. And I say classics with, with a heavy exclamation. Right. Because these records don't last past a month or two. Yeah. Now, as far as you as know? far as your personal collection, how many you got? How many records you got in there? Um, I'm about a little over ten thousand. Oof. You know, but they call my collection a low fat collection. Because mm -hmm. at one time I was liquidating, like I would listen, like I would have stacks and stacks of records, and I would listen and go, Nah, this ain't for me. And <laughs> you know, well, did I buy this record? And I used to throw a bunch of the records out. Wow. You know, well, Buck and OG, shout outs to Buck and OG, they would come and they would kind of make me feel bad because the record I threw out, they done made a hit or two with it. And I'm still <laughs> scratching my head like, damn, man, I, maybe I should have kept that one, right. you know? But that's people hearing different things you're not hearing. Mm -hmm. Now, you spoke about the 90s, man. So back in the 90s, of course, we know one of the albums that you, your production was featured on was Biggie's. Um, ready to die. What relationships did you have at that time that put you in the studio to even place those tracks with Biggie? Well, I can say that in the earlier years, before Puff had the Hitman, the Hitman before the Hitman was me, Just West, Chucky Thompson, Tony Dofat. Those are the people we were around Puff like that. So 
old Jess brought me to Puff. Like, look, man, you got to hear some of these beats you're doing. This this is crazy. And I'm like, yo. And, and at that time, Bad Boy was nothing but a logo behind Puff while he was working at MCA. It wasn't no Bad Boy. You know, at that time, you was hoping to do a Jodeci remix, a Mary remix. And, it was all know, about the remix. Yeah, because it was about the remix. And you know, <laughs> if you did an ill remix, it would it would take your name to another level. So I was looking like, yo, I, I got to do something hot because I'm going to do this Ruth Mary remix. And like, yo, I want you to work with this dude, Biggie Smalls. Right. And I was like, yo, but Jess always like, yo, Biggie's dope, man. You're going to like Biggie. Nah, I want to do the Mary joint, you know? So, but that was the blessing, man. It was such a blessing in disguise because I met him. And we just automatically click. There's no time it my man Finesse. Y'all know how we do. Y'all know how we do. Hey, you know, my man Red Man in Apache. You know, of course, the Keith Murray in the motherfucking house. My man Jay Rue in the motherfucking house. Jay Rue represent B-Town. Niggas don't really know I know. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I know you like this one, Chad. Yeah, oh. You know what I'm saying? Set it off. Set it off. Big was like the coolest dude, very personality like no other. It always seemed like a party rather than work when I was working with him. Right. Mm. You know, we would snap, we would gamble, we play dice, we drink. I mean, you know, what job you got, you could do all that, you know? <laughs> so that's what it would be. But at the at the end of the night, he'd just go knock this music out. But during the course of all that, he's having fun, truly. So, you know, we did Come On, which was on Born Again. Right. Not the Clark remix. It's another one that I did called Come On. Biggie the bastard, so that's kind of spiritual. Well, in God we trust. Guns are bust. Not that disgusting. Suicide pumping and a... Thoughts was the second beat. Mm -hmm. So when I did, and that's even on YouTube, you could look that up. Right. Um, when I did Suicidal Thoughts, I ain't, I just did it, and I was playing some beats, and I tried to skip past that. Yo, yo, yo hold up, that's it. You know, because at the time, I done heard what Easy Mo B hit him with. And I was like, that, you know, I ain't think Suicidal Thoughts fit that batch. Right. So I was trying to skip through it, you know? And before, you know, you had CDs, you had like, you had like the, the cassette tape, so you just rewind it, fast forward, and you couldn't hit it at the beginning, so it might hit into the beat, like when you press play, and you go, oh, no, no, that's not the beat. No, 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 no. Let, let that play. Hold on. <laughs> and he's listening, and he's like, yo, man, what is that? Right. That's it, Ness. I'm like, you want that? <laughs> but that's the beauty of working with an artist. Yeah. An artist hear things that he's going to do to your music before you hear it most of the time. And they, it's, that's why I don't like to submit beats. People say, submit beats, submit beats. It's a blind battle. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know what you're looking for. Right. And it's my interpretation versus hot versus your interpretation of what is hot. Right, right. So, like, if I get to sit and build with you an hour, we crack out some drinks, and we just drink, and we vibe, and we listen to music. Therefore, I can play you a whole an array of different different things. 
and I will more experiment and play different things because we sitting there and we vibing. So I'm just playing things, and sometimes, for the most part, it's that one beat that you think ain't it. That might be it. Mm -hmm. But you don't have you don't have the beauty of playing all these beats on no one CD. Mm -hmm. You might have a thousand beats, and a CD space is only but so much. Well, eight hundred megabits. Right. You know. So um, when you sitting there with artists and you vibing, you just play a bunch of different things. And they might go, that's it. And you go, that? And, and they'll yeah. make magic with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, that's how off and on for Trends of Culture was created. Mm. I had a baseline. A lot of people don't know about that. Yeah, I had a baseline, and they was rhyming off and on. They were saying a rhyme for me. And I was like, oh, man, I think I got something for that. And I played the baseline. And it was all created with them sitting there. The drums, the horns, the there it is, baby. All that was done with them sitting there. And we went and we knocked it out. It's magic when you're truly producing an artist. Not giving them beats. Right, right. You know, if you're not sitting down with the artist and creating magic, you're not a producer. You're a beat maker. Mm -hmm. Let's make it clear. A producer is when you're getting to sit down with somebody. That's why I don't like when... You know, people will take your music, right? And they will rhyme on it or do whatever they want with your music and then put produced by you. And y'all wasn't in the same room or nothing. Right. You're like, I didn't produce that. (laughs) Yeah, I ain't produced that. You took my beat and you rhymed over it. Mm -hmm. You think you're paying homage by putting my name there. Nah, you got to cut a check. yeah, it's that, and if you destroy my music and you make a horrible song, then you giving me credit for something horrible that's out there. Yeah. Ness, you, you produce this song for this person, you know, I don't know who that is. Who is that? And you hear somebody doing some trash stuff over your music, man. It's like B Street when money was tagging spit on great pieces <laughs> of, you know, aerosol art, you know? Right. Destroying other people's so, art. Yeah, it's the same thing. If you want to work with an art, uh, work with a producer, work with a producer. Like, this age is just the devaluation age because they devaluing everything. And, and so many things that are, are truly important is not getting credit. Like, I was just talking to in an interview the other day how they was telling me, what do you think about streaming? I think streaming is devaluing the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could get it, and you get to walk around with it, and you get to download it, and it's just instantly yours to, to do whatever. And, and and that's good if that's what you want to do, but look at how many people you're not giving credit to. Mm. You know, you got to look at the liner notes. When you brought a CD or album, it had the notes there. Right. It had had who produced the song. Read those credits. Who featured on the song. Mm-hmm. Who was the writers behind that song. The thank yous and everything. Yeah, the thank yous. Who, where the song was produced at. Because certain studios had a certain sound. Absolutely. Where the sound was mixed at. Certain studios was the mixing areas that everybody mixed their stuff. Yep. Who was the engineers recording and mixing? Who mastered it? Who mastered it? So when you come out with streaming, it's just it's disappointing that how many people that aren't getting credit. Right. 
I guess that's why producers got to shout their name in front of the beat. Like, look, I'm getting this credit. <laughs> so and so, right. you, know, right. like, you know. That's a good point. <laughs> I think a lot of things come with the internet era that they don't troubleshoot. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to troubleshoot things. And when you don't troubleshoot things, you're lowering the bar in so many different ways because they say, well, all these new artists are coming out. It's your fault. You're not schooling them and, like, cut it out. I can't be in somebody's bedroom when he's uploading something on the Internet <laughs> at 1 a.m. telling him it's trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't put that on us. Right. So you talked about really the importance of having a vibe with the artists and not just, like you said, submitting beats. So how did it come about for you to produce for Dre? Did y'all get a vibe together? Wow. Um, working with Dre was just like, I mean, it was it was pressure, you know. Obviously. you got Dre telling, you know, play me some beats. <laughs> and it kind of changed my whole format because I, I was coming in there with the SP-1200 and the 950. And um, they had the MPCs. And, and I'm playing beats. It take me two, three minutes to load each beat. You know, so I'm under pressure because, all right, that's cool. Play something else. And you you got to keep loading these beats. And it's taking a while. And they, you know, Dre is standing there at you. You're like, okay, what's next? That's pressure. You still waiting for your joint to load up. Yeah, man. So, you know, but he was impressed with what I was doing with, with you know, my ancient equipment compared to what they have but you know so i'm there and you know so i remember sitting in a hotel with melman melman dre right hand man one of one of my best friends to this day right so he said i got some good news and got some bad news Mm -hmm. what had happened was dre had walked out the room and i played my record which was called it was the Chinese joint. That's mm-hmm. what they called it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the message yet. It was just a beat. And I already had the hook on it with, with Rel and a singer by the name of Crystal Johnson, two singers. So right. the hook was already there. So, you know, he walks out the room after me trying to play these beats. You know, I guess he takes a call. You know, so Malcolm, don't throw that Chinese joint on. <laughs> All right. So, you know, that, that, that came on and lit up the room. Everybody like the hell is that so i guess dre was outside on the phone and he heard it like yo what's that you know and mel was like look man that's that's joint off a ness album really <laughs> so i remember being in a hotel you know that night at the Madrion, and mel man said look man i got good news and i got bad news <laughs> and i'm like well you know tell me the bad news you know well, Dre, the beat you played, he thought was cool, but the one joint he really wanted was on your your album. And that was the bad news, you know. I'm like, <laughs> and what's wrong? What's right. wrong? Right, that's right. the bad news. I'll take it. No, he wants that joint. So, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's talk. Right. I said, it's going to do more on his album than it's ever going to do on my album. Uh-huh. You know, that ain't bad news. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, well, what's the good news? Yeah. Uh, you know, you love your vibe. You want you to stay out here and keep working. <laughs> you know, so... You mean you got great uh, news and better news, basically what he should have said. Yeah, and, and that night got even wilder because we was hanging out with Grace Jones. She just happened <laughs> to be in a hotel, and 
Grace Jones, man, her spirit is crazy. Strange oh, to the fullest. Right, right, right. She, she brought full Grace so, Jones. <laughs> yeah, man. So we 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 had some females with us, and we was just in the room hanging out with Grace Jones, man. She there. We drinking. She smoked cigarettes. I got pictures to this day of that night. That's, <laughs> that was crazy. Ultimate know? throwback Thursday. Yeah. So you know, like I said, I got stories of my if my career was to end tomorrow. I have no regrets at all. You know, it's been a beautiful ride. Yeah. I'm just happy the car is still going. You know, I got one of them iron ca iron cast cars. I don't got that fiberglass, so we had a few potholes. We good. It's <laughs> nothing. You know. Now, is there any time in your production career that, you know, you made a beat so dope you even surprised yourself? I think that still happens to this day. Um, I don't I don't think it's no limitation. Right. I just think it just I always tell people it's just uh it's being in the right frame of mind. That's where the magic happens. You can't create I've created some <laughs> I created some great stuff in dark frames of mind, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, because show used to tell me, look, man, I can know when you're happy and when something is bothering you. When something is bothering you, your stuff is soundtrackish. It's very dark. It's still incredible, but, and then when you're happy, it's bright, it's musical, it's melodic. And he was talking about different music that I was creating during The Awakening. So, um... I just think it's it's a frame of mind. I think you create the the best music when you're happy, mm. when you have no worries. Yeah, you know, and you no have stress. to be at peace. I always tell people be at peace. Peace is is a form of being rich to me. For sure. Because when you at peace, you can create anything. You can bring about wealth with peace. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I think when you're not in a good frame of mind. You can't really be the best you can be. Right. So, you know, I think right now music is the last thing I worry about. I don't worry about doing a beat. I just feel, you know, when I'm ready, I'll go have a drink and, and I get with my partner, Bo. We're going to do something crazy. Like, you know, I'm around and I try to stay around other influential people. People that inspire you, people that motivate you. Because you, you know, it's times you hear somebody do some shit and you go, right, I gotta get my shit together. That was crazy. Right. Right. You can't do that by yourself. There's nothing you can compare your music to. There's no bar there if you're not around incredible other people or influential people in one format or another. Well, you definitely yeah. run with a crew that makes, you know, that a conducive environment for that. How did DITC decide it was time to come back together for this recent Sessions project? What made you change your mind about reuniting? Because at one point you had some reservations about y'all coming back together. Um, I think it was the, um, the making of the studio. Mm. And this is like a tribute to the making of DITC Studios, you know, that it was certain sessions going on and they put project, they put this project together around that, you know. Right. I'm I'm an artist now. It's, with me, it's just very, I'm very technical and difficult at times because I just believe in maximization. If I'm not going to maximize it to the fullest, why am I doing this? Right. I don't want to throw nothing out for a look. 
Right, right. Oh, you got to throw something out. It'll be a good look. got to be right. I don't believe in that. It's about the legacy. You know? You got to you gotta show people you're still nice. No, I don't. I know I'm nice. Mm. Not saying it in a conceited form, but you're confident. When, when time comes and it's time for me to show who I am, I'm there. Smile with a smile. You know, but I'm, I'm not here with this, 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 this fast food lane going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I want to, like you said, add to what I created. And I have a lot of work to do because I want to top what I did in a fabulous fashion. You know, because if I was a basketball player and I still couldn't score 40 points, I don't want to play the game. I'm not happy with five points and two rebounds. Right. Hey, he still has the passion. Look at him and you're looking all broken down on the court. <laughs> like, if I can't come back with the same hunger, the same incredible music, why do it? Right. And that's right. just my attitude towards music. I don't do it for fun. Yeah. People like, yo, you know, yo, we, we want you for a feature. I don't really do features. The last feature I did was for Sheik Luch. I mean, before DITC. Sheik Luch, you know, I love the locks death, man. Right. right. You know, and I remember we did something, and he's like, look, man, you back. Now they're going to be calling you. I'm like, not for nothing, Sheik. I did this because I love you, man. I ain't doing no features. <laughs> I don't do that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you know, right. I just think you have to put a value on what you do. Yeah, if you're great at it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I just think people say out of sight, out of mind. You know, that's the thing. Got to understand, that's out of sight, out of mind, out of... That's for them dudes that don't know how to make an impression. Right. Right. You know how to make an impression. You're never out of sight, out of mind. I just want to be right. And when I heard the rock, when I heard the rock shit, it was like, oh, oh. And it, it, the dude who did it, it, it just matched him super ugly because yeah. that beat was super ugly. Yeah. I was like, God damn, y'all right, hear this right. shit? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, my face was just like, oh. It's is disgusting. You know, it, it was truly disgusting, and they, you know, I ain't rhyme on nothing, so it was like, yo, you ain't gonna rhyme this? You know, I'm like, well, if I rhyme, I'll rhyme to that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I pinned something to that. I took yeah. it home, pinned it. I'm not the dude that's rhyming off the phone. I don't do none of that. <laughs> you know, I come in there, and I come in there with Morse code, because that's what my paper look like. <laughs> you know? If you want to see how I write rhymes, is Morse code. Yeah. You know, I'm give you a secret. My paper look like compound, 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 punchline. Right. <laughs> compound, compound. So you'll see the words, but you won't know how, where's the glue, how I'm going to glue it together. Right. So you might see a paper, frauds, broads, Lord. <laughs> right. Uh huh? You don't have the you don't have the secret decoder pen. You know? Shit's retarded, sister's closet. That's you just see <laughs> right, words. Right, right. And then in your mind you already know the word Wait play. Up. What does he mean? Right, right, right. Okay. When you tired of listening to frauds, auditioning right. for broads, uh -huh. my shit religion, you need to get up on, on the, the Lord. Lord, right. Nowadays, man, shit's retarded when it's cool with shit out your sister's, sister's closet. closet. Right. You know, so people just look at the words and go, this this is retarded. I ain't, you know, 
you know, so I came in there with the words on the paper, probably with like a good 20-something bars, mm-hmm. and I just... I just pen it. I just put it together. Yeah. And yeah. I try to do it in a storyline where it all... T- I'm talking to you. Just talking to you about what I feel nowadays. You know, I'm not after fame. I'm just trying to craft my pain with enough bars to incarcerate half the game. Mm. You know, so... Yeah, the way I write and think, you know, it's, it's I, it, it surprised me, but I'm so technical that I just want more. Yeah. I yeah. want more from myself. Like, you know, the way I think. You know, nowadays, I just stay with the plan. People think chess is a game that you play with your hands. You know, yeah, it's it's just poetry to me. Mm-hmm. It's poetry, and it's the fact that I want to I wanna, I want you to be impressed yeah. by my lyrical ability. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not law finesse. It's yeah. just, if I don't get that, ooh, you, know, you gotta rewind that. He said this and he said that. The rhyme is nothing to me. Yeah, you know, one of, one of your rhymes that makes me say that all the time when I hear it is, um, you got the, you got the right players. They just on the wrong team. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that. L did that, man. Because what happened at that time? People kept saying, and you know, people said, all y'all could do is punchline. That's that's all y'all do. If What would y'all be with a rhyme without punchlines? And I, and I made me think, like, could I do it without punchlines? And, you know, that's what you get. Check the referral, man. My whole squad's thorough. We were wide. I just nice in one burrow. We all gleam. Plus, we fiend for more cream. Right. You got some nice players. They just on the wrong team. Know what I mean? <laughs> As the world turns to who it concerned with such a straight like, like a perm. perm. You know, it was more like a flow letting you know I'm nice <laughs> on any level you put it on. And I mean, I'm, 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 I'm very in... Uh, inspired to do this new stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I just see a lane. I see a mean lane because everybody's wanting to do all this young stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, And I think they're forgetting about the older demographics. Like, okay, like, older people don't like music no more, so, hey, y'all don't count. We ain't do no music for y'all. Yeah. Right, but the joints on this session stuff is what we want to hear, so we appreciate it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, I, you it's, know, in the session... Sessions, oh man, that album is a dope album. It's, a dope album. it's just like I just tell people, man, I and, and I get mad at fans because most want to sit and complain. Don't talk and support it, you mm-hmm. know. Well, hey, they don't do beats like this no more. They don't do that. And then when people do it, y'all don't support it. Like it can't survive if you don't support it. Got you. Right. It's like you coming to the DJ booth and I'm hounding y'all to play this record. Yeah. And then when y'all play this record, I don't dance. I just nod my head and say thanks. <laughs> Yo, could you play this? And you, you finally play it and they just look at you nodding. They, hey, yeah, that's that joint. <laughs> you ain't going to dance? You ain't, ain't going to grab no girl or nothing? You just going to do that? <laughs> it's the same thing with music when people tell you, Yo, man can't wait for you to come back out and this and that you don't support yeah but i got a whole got a whole theory and plan behind what i'm going to do it's going to be very exciting yeah well the album is dope man like really like you i don't know what in the world is going on with ag but that guy right there my hero 
That is my hero right there. You better act like you know me. My nigga from Montana really think he's Tony. Been dying for y'all to pass the mic like Kobe. My whole team get loose like bogeys. They put your face on the mirror. Throw those L's up. 80, those my heroes. AKA, all my money's on him. (laughs) (laughs) That A Barnes right here? Man, I don't know what water he drank and. But he told me, you know, he just does a lot of reading. He's got a lot of time, self time where he just vibes. Yeah. And I was telling him, well, you know, I'm getting ready to do my album and I want the formula behind what you're doing, man. Because that dude, man, and, you know, if you don't know who AG is, you know, check out, check out his work, man. That dude is, that dude is artist personified. You know, I'm, I'm, every time he rhymes, he keeps me how Big L had me in my younger years. Like, what is he going to say next? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he just make it sound so free and easy. Yeah, yeah. So light and easy. Like, he says some of the most prolific stuff. And that's what I want. I think when you, at a certain age in your life, you have to show the world that mentally and intellectually, you're somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You've grown. Yeah, he's sharp. With I don't it. understand. You know, okay, you sold drugs, you did this. Okay, now you you're making a lot of money. Now you're doing this, you're doing that. Show the world you've grown. That's mm-hmm. why I cannot get mad at Jay Z. It's just he's grown so much. Sometimes he's just way over our head. You know, but when I see people successful and they still talking about the hood, you're not really in the hood no more. No. Nah. You should do things to to elevate elevate people, elevate people, and yeah, uh, like I said, I don't want to give away my my theory because I already know what I want to do. Yeah. So 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 last question, that's man, and we gonna let you run. DITC is such a great, uh, just a great group, man. Just a great collection of producers and MCs, and you know, pretty much like the full package. But what other crews in hip hop? do you respect other than DITC? Like, outside of y'all, like, who else do you, as far as crews, who else do you look at and respect? Oh, man. Gotta say Wu-Tang. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wu-Tang. Oh, man. Shoot, man. I go back with Wu-Tang before there was Wu-Tang when RZA was Rakim and Jizza was genius, yeah. you know? I admired them dudes then, you know? So... To see it come full-fledged and you get Ghost and Ray and Inspector Deck and, and oh, man, the old Dirty and Meth and, you know, the love I got for them dudes, man. I, I always salute them dudes, man. Mm-hmm. They, they already know what it is when they see me. It's like, yo, man, what's, what's next with y'all, you know? Same thing with the locks. Love the locks. Because they always... They just really unity personified all these years done passed, and they still still together. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, tribe, man, I tribe was oh man, that's tribe. But you know, when they came up, four or five passed, of course. You right, know? right, right. The entire Native Tongue crew, everybody. Yeah, um, Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm missing somebody. I know I'm missing it. I hate missing people. <laughs> Why you say this? Right. You know? 
but I'm I'm just thinking off off my head. But the top of, of the teams that I admire is is Wu and the Locks. That's that's the two top, you know, in my mind. Yeah, that's, that's top for tier what right there. Yeah, for what they brought to the table, Dayla. Mm. Can't forget Dayla. Yeah, yeah, those those are teams, man. Cool. Definitely. Cool, man. We definitely appreciate you calling in, man. And just, you know, we want to thank you for, like I said, creating this dope body of work with this Sessions definitely. albums. And even even before Sessions, man, the last DITC album was is something that I still rock out to to this day. Like, that project was just so monumental and had such a big impact on me. You know, we just want to say thank you, man. Man, like I said, man, thank y'all for having me on the show. Allow me to take y'all on this journey with these different stories and... And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this new Law Finesse project. It's called The Inevitable. Mm-hmm. Oh, we will be looking for that. So yeah, t- tell um, everybody your um, social media, how they can get at you and all of that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram more. Um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. All of them, same thing. Law Finesse D-I-T-C. One word. L-O-R-D-F-I-N-E. S-S-E-D-I-T-C for all three, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's that's my musician page. I know you might go, all right, does he run his page? Yes, I run my page, you know? <laughs> cool. I don't know why I make a page if you don't run it. I know people don't got the time to run pages all the time, but you should have some type of input Definitely. or personal imprint with your fans chopping it up with them to let people know you appreciate them. I appreciate it, man. We appreciate you calling in. Not a problem. All right, brother. Appreciate you, man. Take care. All right. Peace. Peace. So that was our interview with Laura Finesse, the legend. Uh, Hope y'all enjoyed it. Absolutely. I know I enjoyed it. It was good sitting down and and having that conversation with him and hearing just about some of the things that he's done over his illustrious career. You know, it's been over 20 years since um, his first album, shoot, over 25 years probably since his first album and you know now to see that he's still in the game and that DITC is still holding on to that crown and you know repping is crazy right and I really enjoyed hearing how they all actually came together Mm -hmm. individually Mm -hmm. and in their little sets and yeah I mean I I also enjoyed you know hearing him talk about uh, the role that he kind of plays in being the glue that helps everyone stick together you know he doesn't like to take credit for being the founder of DITC, but, you know, he's one of those pieces that was put into place where, you know, everybody kind of connected through him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he connects people. He makes things uh, connect and stick together. So, uh, and again, you know, I, I've said it before. I said it again. That DITC Sessions album is really, really It's dope. really good. If you have not checked for that DITC Sessions album, please do. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Fat Joe is my guy. Like, and I heard Joe say on another interview, you know, about how, up to par his bars were mm-hmm. and he never lied like he he didn't lie he yeah. didn't lie can i just say about fat joe like eventually and i hope he hears this but fat joe and i were once on this uh game show called hood fab on mtv i remember that and i beat fat joe and i won and that was probably one of the most uh intense hip-hop rivalry battles it was really good. It was actually really good. Wasn't that on MTV Two? It was on MTV Jams. Jams, okay. MTV, MTV Jams, Jams, which was a thing at at, at one right, point. Right, right. BET Jams now, but 
Um, and every time I see Joe since then, I always bring ask it up. Him, yeah, I have to because I beat him. So he'd be like, oh, that was you. Right, right, right. So every time I have to bring it up to him. And, you know, I've interviewed him a couple of times since then. And uh, Hood Fab, I'm the champion. I feel like, you know. Well, I never was able to battle Fat Joe mm-hmm. on the streets mm-hmm. and win a title. Right. I don't have any titles, but one time I was robbed on Hip Hop Jeopardy. Oh, gosh, I remember that. <laughs> Shout out to DJB. Shout out to DJB. I'm going to tell him that one day That's that I was out. robbed. Does, does B even know this story? Have no, we ever... he doesn't. No, yeah, he we doesn't. Gotta, we gotta tell I, him I'm going to tell him the story to his face because I was robbed. And I'll get into that later. Okay, we'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait to break Maybe down. Maybe we'll have B on the show. Yeah, shout out to DJ B and Hip Hop Jeopardy. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if B still does Hip Hop Jeopardy. But I don't know, but that's a like a 757 staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't worry about it. I got your back. I got the crown. You know what I mean? Well, I can share it with you. Just, you know, I was robbed. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so with all that being said, we got another new segment on the show. We're just full of new segments on this episode, right? All right. Well, we just like to give y'all something fresh. Something yeah. So what we're going to start doing, y'all, we're going to start wrapping up each show with something that we're going to call the Reminisce List. The Reminisce List. Reminisce, Reminisce. Reminisce so the... on the list we have. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. I that. Know. Well. So what we're going to start doing is just reminiscing on uh, things from the past that we... Things, people, places, right, or right, things right, right, right. in hip-hop or just music in general that we miss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you want to go first or want me to go first? I'll go first. All right, you go first. I'll go first. Even though I'm really curious what yours is, mm-hmm. but because we don't tell each other first. Nah, nah, nah. But I have a, I really have a small inkling. You do? Of a thought, no, that we might have the same thing. Really? We, I've, I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned that we have the same thing on our reminisce lists. I'm concerned because we think alike a lot. So I'm a little bit concerned. But I, I, I think alike a lot and then we think. Differently. Differently a lot. Yeah, which is weird, actually. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's just weird. Um, something that I miss in, I guess, music in general, mostly it would happen in hip-hop. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> no, just keep going. I miss the hidden track. Oh, gosh. Okay. 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 <laughs> Remember hidden tracks? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hidden tracks were everything. And you know who were the kings of hidden tracks? I know who the queen. Okay, go ahead. Who? Well, who was the queen of hidden tracks? The queen of hidden tracks had to be Jill Scott because she had a track that was hidden well, so Well, that makes deep. sense because the kings of hidden tracks were, were the literally the Roots yeah, absolutely. crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Like the legendary Roots crew would have you skipping back three songs and right. trying to get to the middle of it so that it could jump forward to the hidden track yeah. like roots were the kings of hidden tracks yeah, yeah, i miss yeah. hidden tracks it was like an extra little added bonus yeah, and sometimes you didn't even know they were there if you, if you were skipping through the yeah, cd yeah, yeah. i know on jill's joint she, her, that, that first album had like a, a hidden track that was like 30 tracks deep <laughs> like you just had to go like to track like 37 if you, like if you just stopped when it was done mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you missed it but like if you just happened to be cleaning up right that's how i found some of my hidden tracks yeah, when yeah. you put a cd on and you're cleaning up mm-hmm. and the cd already stopped and then like five minutes later after you've been hearing silence a song just would start right, up you're right, like right. wait what right right what's right. this i've had this cd for six months <laughs> well where does this come from and the roots always had a, a popping uh hidden track yeah that was that's a good reminiscence. i miss hidden tracks how you gonna have a hidden track on a digital download yeah you're not uh, that's you can't, not you can't you you're can't. not huh i didn't even think about that that's a really hidden good tracks one. y'all and if you're too young to 
have had the joy of finding a hidden track when you didn't know it was there, I pity you. Mm, good job, honey. So my item or my contribution to the reminisce list for this episode is not a hidden track. It's the crew track, which was one song that had about nine people on it from the same crew. So like any Wu-Tang song? Right, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. Any Wu-Tang song, but also <laughs> songs like um, like Big L has a song on Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. It's called The Graveyard, and it features yeah. Lord Finesse. But uh, see, see, here's the I thing. I think Finesse produced that one, too. I think so. So here's the key to a good crew, uh, track. crew track. It has to have at least three people on it that you've never heard from before and you'll never hear from again. So the graveyard had Laura Finesse. Oh, so like those Theodore unit Negroes. Right. <laughs> the Theodore unit, right. The graveyard had Laura Finesse, somebody named Microphone Nut, Party Artie, who's AG's guy, uh, Granddaddy IU, and then this guy that we... Didn't know at the time. Didn't know at the time by the name of Jay-Z. The way y'all rock, the way you can stop. Stop, pop, and drop when Jake gets hot. When I'm in the zone, better hold your own. Cause I like the break when I finish a poem. Pound for boop, 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 pound the best around. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, of course, you know, Big L and Jay-Z have that, that history that we all know about. But then, right. one of my favorite crew tracks of all times, and these a lot of times don't get enough enough recognition. Uh, nice and Smooth had this joint called Down the Line. It had eight people on the song. Eight. Greg Nice, mm. Smooth B. Guru from Gangstar. <laughs> and here it gets tricky. Preacher Earl. Who's that? <laughs> Mello T. Who's that? Bass Blaster. Uh-huh. Asu. Is that like Bass Boost <laughs> that we used to have on the Walkman? <laughs> right, no. Bass Boost. Bass Blaster. The biggity bass the blaster, blaster with the dope uh, that run. This, this is how we run it down the line. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite nice and smooth songs. And then, this one has to get the Runner's Up Award. Oh. Master Ace is Saturday Night Live. One of the dopest crew That's tracks ever made. I don't think it, it gets enough credit um, with uh, Master Ace, I think Aishi Rock, and Lord Dicker. Um, I don't think that gets enough credit. And then when you look at songs like Back to the Grill Again. Back to the Grill Again. Right, <laughs> with, Back to the Grill Again had MC Search, Chub Rock, Red mm-hmm. Hollow Tone, and... Mm-hmm. Nas Escobar. Nas Esco. Yeah, so shout out to... Oh, and Live at the Barbecue, of course. Um, Live at the Barbecue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to the, like, the crew track. Because, you know, you hear, like, Khaled... Like, Khaled will put, like, a bunch of people on these songs now. He'll have, like, Ross and But they Future. aren't necessarily from the same crew. They aren't from the same they crew. Just, they're right. just a bunch of... Right, right. And even going back to Big L, he has a song on um, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, which I believe is the first time that I've ever heard Cameron. I have I don't recall ever hearing Cameron prior to prior to that. Oh, lifestyles of the porn dangerous. Um, again, it's a crew track with like five people on it, and they all just going in and just bodying the record. Most mm-hmm. of them you never hear from again. But that's what I miss. That's what I want to reminisce. Crew on tracks. Life. I mean, that's very apropos for this episode. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode of the Can I Kick It podcast. Make sure you rate it. Make sure you subscribe it. Make sure you comment. Subscribe to it. Subscribe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell all your friends about it. Um, That's really how you can support us is yeah. by yeah, we don't ask subscribing for money. on iTunes, mm-hmm. 
leaving a review on iTunes, mm-hmm. and just making sure you tune in. And actually, if each of you listening could forward this podcast, take the link and forward it to another hip hop head, another yeah. music lover that yeah. you know, that you know would enjoy it. Because, you know, people get lazy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you say, hey, I listen to this really dope podcast. Da, 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 and they're like, oh, yeah, we're, I'm going to listen to that. Right. Life continues. The week mm-hmm. continues. And they never check it and out. And they never check it and out. Just go out. ahead and take that link. Mm-hmm. Send it to your homegirl. Send it to your homeboy. And put them on. Yeah, yeah, Don't let them miss out on all of this dopeness that, got, that we got popping off over here. We are out here working hard trying to give y'all really dope content. Yeah, and not to mention, the next episode is going to be really special. You want to tune in. You can follow us on Instagram at Can I Kick It Podcast. You can like us on Facebook, Can I Kick It Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Can I Kick It Show. Check us out. That's it. So we'll holler at y'all next time. All right, chill. Peace.